Hi, I'm Xavier McFarlane, and welcome to the Catholic City Podcast. Today's episode features Randall Terry, known for being the founder of the pro-life organization Operation Rescue and a leader in the pro-life movement. He has been arrested over 40 times for civil disobedience for the sake of the unborn. He ran for United States Representative, has written books, and much more. He converted to Catholicism in 2006. Now listen as Randall shares about his experience participating in Operation True Cross, our pilgrimage of reparation begging God to save America. He gets into the day-to-day blessings and challenges of being on the walk, as well as the spiritual fruits that came both from the walk itself and from praying the daily prayers to save America. We also talk about how to listen for what God wants you to do, the little moments God puts in our lives that end up having a big impact, and the necessity to act. Lastly, we went into his future plans for ministry, which includes making award-winning films with Catholic characters and themes. But first, if you've ever considered becoming a Catholic, or are a Catholic seeking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please visit catholiccity.com to order our Catholic scapulars, books, booklets, relic prayer medals, and best-selling novels by Bud McFarlane. Sign up for Bud's Catholic City message, where he's been sharing profound insights, sage advice, and crazy stories for over 25 years. We are also the world's largest distributor of the Purple Scapula, given by Mary to the approved French mystic Marie-Julie Jehenny in the late 1800s. You can learn more at our website, catholiccity.com, which is the online home of the Mary Foundation. And since the dawn of the internet, we've been a world leader in delivering proven, free or low-cost tools for evangelization right to your door. Okay, Randall, thanks for being here. Many of you probably know who he is, but in case you don't want to just introduce yourself briefly. Hi, friends. I'm Randall Terry. I am the founder of Operation Rescue, the pro-life organization. I'm the director of the Society for Truth and Justice. You might remember my pro-life leadership over the decades, leading people at abortion clinics and fighting for Terry Schiavo's life at Notre Dame when Obama was getting his great award at the college and many such events being a voice for babies and mobilizing people to fight in the culture wars against the sins that cry to God for vengeance. Yeah, so it's really exciting to have Randall working with us. Um, He's a fun time, really lively guy. How did you end up here with us? How did you hear about Operation True Cross? And then where did that turn into you getting on the road at your age and walking a ton of miles? (laughs) Your dad, I beg your pardon, your dad, Bud and I were at the Napa Institute conference this summer. And I was sitting on the ledge somewhere and he walked by and he saw my name tag and he said, are you Randall Terry, the founder of Operation? I said, yeah. He says, I'm Bud McFarland. I said, you've, you've helped me in the past. You're a supporter. He said, no, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me about hearing me preach a few decades ago and what an impact it had on him. And, and we became fast friends. And that was on day one. Mm-hmm. So we hung out almost the whole time in at Napa. And that was where he was deciding what he was going to do with Operation True Cross, as you know. And we talked on the phone regularly after that. Mm-hmm. He explained what he was going to do. Uh, and you guys did the leg from Wisconsin to Notre Dame. And I was praying for him and for Operation True Cross. And I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to come. I mean, literally, that's mm-hmm. that's the reason I'm here. So a week ago or so, I flew into Washington, D.C., had a friend drive me out to Cumberland, Maryland, And I met up with your dad and with Steve and jumped in on the walk. And I think we put in, I think it was, we put in just shy of 150 miles. What was it actually 
like. Like you got there first, and and we kind of talked about it on the the previous episode with Steve. They were walking on some crazy roads. <laughs> well, when I when I drove into town with my friend Mark, he said, "Oh, this is the C and O trail," and I I walked on this, and I thought, "Oh, that's great, Bud and Steve must be walking on the trail." And so we're driving on the road trying to find him, and we found him on Route 28. And I actually used to live in that area. Mm-hmm. I lived right in West Virginia in some of the most dangerous roads in the country, super high fatality rate, just truly dangerous roads. And they were walking on the roads. And I said, guys, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's consider the old train trails where they mm-hmm. would rip up the tracks. And, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of them here. And your dad thought about it, prayed about it, and said, you know what, safety's first. So we actually ended up adding, you know, Google walking maps will just take you the fastest way, but it mm-hmm. doesn't care if there's tractor trailer trucks going by with mm-hmm. one foot of space. You know, it was truly, truly dangerous. And we, uh, but but Bud recognized that and said, let's, let's be safe. So he kind of made me the captain of logistics, and I mm-hmm. started researching looking at mile markers, how, how do we walk, how far, how, how many miles can I put in, how many miles can Steve put in. Your dad, of course, is a horse. And we got a really good pace down mm-hmm. and walked that whole great Allegheny Passage from Cumberland to Pittsburgh. And it was uh, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. It's a lot of walking. But the, you know, the other thing on a strictly physical side was that it was a 2% grade because it was a train track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it made it easier on our legs and we could move at a very good pace because we're not worried about cars hitting us, having to, you know, cross, jump over guardrails to get out of the way and and having a lot of quiet because the cars aren't rumbling by. So it's much yeah. easier to pray, much easier to say, to stay focused on what you're doing as opposed to, you know, having to make eye contact with drivers to make sure that they're not going to hit you. So it was, I was glad to come. I felt compelled to come. And, you know, in retrospect, I think um, one of the reasons, one of the reasons the Lord wanted me to come was just to make this slight adjustment for the sake of safety. Yeah, I think so. Cause when I, I've been kind of on the, the home, home, base logistics and and it's it's a little harder to tell i've ended up actually changing my strategy where i'll go into the google street view and click through for 40 straight minutes to see what every inch of that road looks like beforehand um and you guys were about past cumberland is some of the craziest highway i've ever seen because that's pre-industrial blown out mountainsides and stuff it's just weaving winding up and down all over everything and they were going to do it because they were heads were down and just like get the job done kind of thinking. It's and, possible that we actually saved time, even though we walked mm-hmm. more miles. I mean, you saw how fast we were able to. We were getting over thirty miles a day some days. One day I think we hit thirty-eight miles between the three of us. Yeah, you actually. I had charted out it originally with the original course, and the number of miles per day and such put you in about where you ended at the same time, even though you did forty-four more miles, which I was impressed, especially because. Just physical bodies, age, pains, everything. It's right, a lot your dad to avoid. Is, your dad's 60, Steve's 59, and I'm 49 and holding. Right. I haven't gotten a day yeah. older since 49. Yeah, and you've been 49 for what, eight years now, 10? <laughs> I think 14 years. But anyway, who's counting? <laughs> right. So, of course, we're do- Operation True Cross. What's it about? If you're new, 
It's we're carrying a relic of the True Cross from four separate points in the north, south, east, and west ends of the United States. And so we've already done one from Wisconsin to Notre Dame, Indiana, at the Grotto there, um, the replica of the Lord's Grotto. That's kind of the goal is to make a cruciform of reparation. That's what this is. This is a pilgrimage of reparation. So obviously something about that spoke to you to the point where you decided to upend whatever you were doing, get on a plane, and go walk in the woods and on roads with a bunch of crazy people. Why'd you do that? Honestly, I I want to do God's will. Mm-hmm. And I have a very full plate of things that I'm doing right now, which we'll talk about later. But I felt like God wanted me to come. I mean, that is literally the reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would encourage all of your listeners, you know, sometimes... God asks us to do things that are not convenient. Sacrifice, by definition, is sacrificial. Mm-hmm. It costs something, yeah. whether it's time, money, effort, uh, lost opportunities in other areas, whatever it might be, we, <clears throat> we are called to sacrifice. And your dad and I, Bud and I, became friends when we were in California and have very similar spirits, uh, outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Concern for the church, concern for the country, the, the the hatred of the shedding of innocent blood. And I felt like, you know, you, it's hard to make friends at this point in life. When you're a kid, you make friends mm-hmm. that last a lifetime because they're not agenda driven. Right. And when you get older, it's more, this is my work. And, you know, how does this fit my agenda? Networking kind of thing. Right, right, right. So- but I felt a, a real connection to your dad. And I just, to be honest with you, I just wanted to serve him. Just wanted to help. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And we're super and, grateful. Like I, I mentioned with Steve, we wouldn't have been able to do this section of DC without it, without having to bump things out months and extend this project more than we already have. Glad so, to help. It's a bit of, it's been a blessing for me. And it gave me an opportunity personally to just walk and pray and think and ponder and, and to pray for the country, to pray for the church, to pray for my family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there might be some, there might be two or three people that are listening right now that say, I could give up a week. You know, just pray. What what part does God want you to have? All of us can pray. We can pray the prayers that are in the booklet. Mm-hmm. We can beg God for mercy. People can give sacrificial alms to help the project. But there is a handful of people out there that before this is over, they're going to be in that van. <laughs> with Perhaps, you. yeah. See how that turns out. So once once you were actually on the road mm-hmm. in the van, now you've got some, some health things, so you weren't sleeping in it. But what was it just like day to day, the regular old parts? For of me? It? Yeah. Uh, I hurt my back six or eight months ago, and I've never had back trouble. I'm an athlete. And it was debilitating. So when your mm-hmm. dad met me in California, I was at a really low ebb. I mean, at points I could barely walk. And been doing what my chiropractor told me to get back on the mend. And your dad was like, you know, if you could just do two or three miles, that'd be great. I'm like, Dad, don't worry. I'll do more than that. Mm-hmm. So get up in the morning, put ice on my back, take some ibuprofen, just stretch a little bit. And I did six miles the first day, nine miles the second day, 12 miles the third day. I was on a clip and I mm-hmm. and I felt very happy about it. But it, you know, it was hard. End of the day, 
barely able to sit down, get the ice out, get the ibuprofen out, mm-hmm. and start again the next morning. <laughs> what would you say? I guess I'll I'll do this in two two modes. One first, just being kind of the sort of worldly side. Just what was the best part from that perspective? And later, I'll ask about the spiritual side. Well, your dad asked Steve that last night, and and fortunately, he didn't ask me because I didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the whole thing. So, you know, there's a thing I call battlefield bonding or mm-hmm. foxhole bonding. I mean, you get three men that are of similar age and similar passions. We had a ball. Mm-hmm. We just had a ball on the on the totally natural, but also koinia fellowship side. Um, mm-hmm. We laughed. We prayed. We prayed for one another. Every time the trans the the relic of the cross was transferred, we would pray for one to lay hands on one another and pray. Um, we broke bread together. You know, at the end of the day, you don't get to eat dinner until seven, eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. Because it's just, you know what it's like. I mean, it's just so cumbersome to walk right until dark and then get from that point on the trail to a hotel, decompress, find some place to eat. But just to be hanging out with guys of like passion, like belief, it was a blessing. It was just fun. Mm-hmm. What was uh, one of the toughest parts? For me? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the physical pain was probably the most difficult but i just i try not to let that distract me Mm -hmm. my chiropractor said i have a high tolerance of pain and a high threshold for pain physical pain and you know i don't know please god don't bring me anymore i'm not looking for pain but that was probably the most difficult part and then it, it at other points there was a little window where I had to convince your dad, look, this is really dangerous. We mm-hmm. should not be on the roads. We need to go on the trail. And your dad is a strong-headed man. I'm a strong-headed man. Mm-hmm. And I have no dog in the fight. I mean, it's not my project. I said, look, I'm here to serve you. And he said, well, don't tell me that. What do you really think? Is Talk to me like your friend. And I said, all right, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind to be walking on these roads. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get on the trail. So, but... But because we both love the Lord and we're both trying to serve the Lord, there is an openness and an ability to speak frankly and honestly that's not like, you know, schoolgirls getting offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was it was just a blast. That's great. Yeah, it was very, very similar dynamic on our first leg. A lot more went wrong because we were learning as we went. Yeah, it really is. Like I people have been asking me and I say it was amazing and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... It's very true. In terms well, of this- I told I told your dad, look, but you know, I've I've traveled tens of thousands of miles in RVs mm-hmm. for pro life activism. So I've done the drill of sleeping on the you know, the short little couch in the R V, no water, mm-hmm. depending on what R V we had. Uh I know the drill. And I've been doing that for ten years, at least ten years. And I told your dad, I, I cannot sleep in the in the van. I can't. My my back, I'll, I'll be I'll be incapacitated. I, ha- mm-hmm. I you know just I don't care if it's a Motel Six. Just put me in a cheap hotel. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I have to have a bed. I have to have a bathroom nearby. I have to be able to just be a, a human at this age mm-hmm. of my life. And he's like, yeah, no problem. It's great. So I think I had it a little easier than you guys did because at the beginning you guys were f- all four guys in the van. Yeah, packed like sardines. Yeah, that would have been that would have been rough. 
That would have been rough. Mm-hmm. I'd have advised, no, nah, you don't want to do that. No, no. <laughs> well, we, we survived. It was just one week, and, and there was a lot of learning, <clears throat> a lot of learning going on. Steep learning curve, baby. All right. In terms of the spiritual side, though, what were you expecting, and then what actually happened? I had no idea what to expect. I was terrified at the thought of carrying a relic of the true cross in the sense of I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. But one interesting thing happened to me. One day I was walking almost every day, no matter what the temperature. In fact, every day, no matter what the temperature, I walked in a pair of gym shorts Mm -hmm. and a T-shirt because I, I burn hot. So it didn't matter if it was 50 degrees. I'm walking in shorts and a Mm t-shirt. One day it was just too cold, too much moisture in the air. So I I put on my hoodie. So then I think, oh, we'll bring an extra pair of glasses, stick them in the front pouch. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got my phone. I got a couple little things in there. And then I put the cross on in the front of me. And the weight just Mm -hmm. pulled me forward. And it really was very uncomfortable. And I thought, I can't do this. You know, once I started a half mile down the road, I got, I don't know, I think I had to go 10 miles that day or something or nine, nine or 12. I don't remember which day it was, but I, I thought I got to put the cross on my back just to try and balance the weight. Mm-hmm. And so it just, you know, I thought, wow, it's easier to just carry your cross than it is to try and embrace, you know, carry it in front of you. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what spiritual significance that had for me, but early in my Christian walk, the concept of Christ calling us to carry our cross was burned into me by those who who helped form me. Mm-hmm. And they taught me to expect hardship, to expect suffering. And Jesus said, if you do not pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. So when Christ carried his cross, he carried it from behind. Mm-hmm. He didn't carry it in the front. And so me carrying my cross on the back i just thought oh okay i get it. i'm carrying my i'm carrying the cross got to carry it in behind it's, it's not easy mm-hmm. carrying our, carrying a cross no matter what your cross is is not easy it's kind of in the definition when we started we picked the the feast of the triumph oh, i gotta tell you one other spiritual oh, thing yeah, sure. so um i had a, a one day i have the privilege of speaking publicly and writing I've been in this fight for just shy of four decades now, mm-hmm. and we're losing. You know, the, the overturn of Roe versus Wade was a great, great victory, but it, it was a, a great victory in a sea of defeats. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at the point now where we've got people telling children that they can m- medically or, or surgically mutilate their genitals mm-hmm. and change genders. Right. I mean, it's so obscene. We're, you know, baby killing, homosexual marriage. I mean, it's, we've gone crazy. We've just gone crazy. A flood of pornography. We've, we've gone nuts as a country. Mm-hmm. So I was saying, why, why, why does the Christian community, the Catholic community, the religious right, whatever you want to call it, why are we, why do we keep getting beaten? And it was all, I, I had this long walk where this list of reasons why mm-hmm. were coming to me. And I turned on my recording device and I'm walking and you hear me huffing and puffing, but I'm speaking into the Mm -hmm. phone why we're losing. And there are some really clear, easily understood reasons why we're losing the country, why our rights are being crushed, why babies continue to be killed, why the militant homosexuals and LGBTQ community, why evil and perversions are becoming the norm 
And those of us who stand up for righteousness are becoming the butt of the joke, the outcast. We're the threat. We're the ones that are intolerant. We're the ones mm-hmm. that are oppressing human rights. Uh, this didn't happen in a vacuum. Right. It happened for reasons. And I felt like I came away with some real clarity that I'm I'm excited to explore. Mm-hmm. Is there any of that you want to share today? Some of those, at least in maybe a briefer format? Because I'm, I'm sure it's going to take a long time to just to unpack all that. Sure, That's the, been uh, our experience too. Not not in order of of importance. <clears throat> Beg your pardon. The well, first of all, we are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, "You are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savour, mm-hmm. it's henceforth good for nothing but to be thrown into the street and trampled under foot of men." Right. So we, in the Christian community, both Catholic and evangelical, we are being thrown into the street and trampled under foot of men, like Jesus said we would be, mm-hmm. because we are the salt that has lost its savour. We are not providing from the throne of God, from the graces given to us through the sacraments and through our prayers, we are not communicating to the culture that which we are required to do. So the sins of omission, the love of self, the love of reputation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the guy who stands up and says abortion is murder. There are sins that cry to God for vengeance and our nation is committing them. We're in grave danger. We've paved the way for demons. Demons are paving the way for us. We don't want to be the the proverbial, you know, turn in the punch bowl, excuse my language. We mm-hmm. don't want to be that. We want to be liked. And the diversity, tolerance, multicultural malarkey has so browbeaten the Catholic community and the Christian community that we have succumbed to their mandates of us being silent. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I believe that abortion is wrong. You're free to have what your belief. No, 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 no. That's relativism. There are things right. that are intrinsically wrong. There are mm-hmm. things that are intrinsically good. Our duty is to declare those. And because we don't want to be rejected, Jesus said, blessed are you when men hate you. Mm-hmm. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah. Blessed are you when men revile you, cast your name out as evil, separate you from their company. He said, great is your reward in heaven. Leap for joy. That's the way they treated the prophets who were before you. Well, the prophets spoke. Yeah. They spoke the truth. So a lot of our problems are because we don't want to speak the truth. Um, There's also dissipation. We have been gutted. Our strength has been dissipated through Mm. things like amusement. The word amuse means, it's Greek, means to not think. Mm. So amusement is there to by definition, to keep us from thinking. So, you know, I was thinking about Elijah, Moses, Jesus, all in the wilderness, John the Baptist, in the wilderness, separated from amusement, Mm. thinking, pondering, praying. And then from that place in the wilderness, Moses comes and leads the children of Israel out of bondage, stands up to Pharaoh. Elijah comes and defeats the prophets of Baal and restores righteousness Mm -hmm. in Israel. John the Baptist comes and preaches repentance and then Jesus comes and then Jesus in the wilderness being uh, tempted by the devil. Then he comes and launches his public ministry, preaching the kingdom of God, preaching repentance, doing miracles, wedding of Cain of Galilee. So we have been so inundated 
with amusement and now with the internet mm-hmm. and with uh I, I think that I think that the prevalence, the the blanketing of pornography and of evil images and even things that are not inherently pornographic, but they are sensual and they are um immoral, that it has caused the dissipation of strength. It's brought a shame and mm-hmm. a a sense of, oh, what can I do? And at the end of the day, it's like being drunk. You know, the, uh, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walks about like a ro- roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. The dissipation of our strength is in part because of what we are ingesting. Right. Garbage comes in and strength flows out. And then we don't have the strength to fight the evils that are inundating us and the and the evil doers and the demonic strongholds if you will that mobilize and inspire them they are invigorated by evil mm-hmm. but it has the exact opposite effect on us we are debilitated and dissipated by evil so i haven't you know i'm still i'm still in the formulation stage it was probably a little longer than you wanted but you know we're we're I remember when John Cardinal O'Connor and Jerry Falwell, D. James Kennedy, Pat Robertson, Bishop Austin Vaughn, these were great heroes. I remember bishops getting arrested with us, priests getting arrested with us, the Mm -hmm. founder of Steubenville University, Father Grishel in New York City getting arrested with us in Operation Rescue and standing strong for babies. We don't have much of that right now. Mm. There's been a real dissipation of strength and valor. So I'm still I'm still working on it and I will uh, be pre- be preaching hopefully speaking writing on it but that's kind of a, a foretaste and some other things but mm-hmm. we're cool. not we don't have the the strength that we had and I think a lot of it's cuz it's been dissipated. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fruits with with going out into the desert which we kind of did in our own way in this project. Yeah. In another direction, a big part of this is prayer and almsgiving and sacrifice, but I just want to focus on the prayer for a second. We have the Daily Prayers to Save America booklet, which is kind of the official prayers of Operation True Cross, and we've all been praying those daily, but especially on the walk, that's sort of the whole point. And these are prayers of reparation, prayers of um, exorcism that the lady can participate in, binding demons, casting them out of your life, protection, Etc. What's having prayed those every day on this walk? What was that like? What came out of that? I would encourage all of your listeners if you haven't gotten the booklet to get it, and I would encourage I would encourage your supporters to not only pray the prayers but invite others to pray the prayers. We all know that something is wrong, mm-hmm. radically wrong, with this country. You know, at times I was walking and just crying out to God, God, have mercy, have mercy on our country, begging him, begging, because mm-hmm. we're, we're in trouble. We're in deep, deep trouble as a nation. And we don't know where this is going to end. If you look at Gideon, if you look at other people in the book of Judges, you see that nations, that the nation of Israel was descending and then they would be praying. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that part of what happens <clears throat> when we pray these prayers, it's inevitable that we say, 
We say the prayers, but then we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What can I do? And that's what I would encourage all of the your, your supporters and the listeners of this podcast. Pray the prayers and then say, Lord, these prayers are prayers of reparation. Do you have anything you want me to do? Tell my friends, talk to my priest, put 10 of these prayer booklets at the back of the church in the literature section. Uh, what do you want me to do, Lord? Faith without works is dead, St. James said. So there are some people who are housebound, they have health issues, and all they can do is pray. There are some people that they can pray and they can do something else. That's my encouragement to your listener. Get the prayers. If you don't have them, get them. And the Mary Foundation makes them available at little or no cost. And thousands and thousands of these booklets are flying out the door here. You know, and I applaud you guys for doing that. I've been, I've been praying and begging God for mercy for well over forty years now, mm-hmm. well over forty years for our country. And I just, you know, we're not there yet. We're we're we keep descending, and these prayers may mitigate the chastisements that are due. There are sins that cry to God for vengeance. And we see in the scriptures and we see in history how God chastises nations. Look at Nineveh. Look at Babylon. They're gone. Look -hmm. at what happened to the northern 10 tribes of Israel. Gone. Judah was judged, taken to Babylon, the Babylonian captivity, Solomon's temple destroyed. Thankfully, they were restored. Right. The temple was rebuilt. They were restored. And then the Messiah came, you know, through the line of David in Judah. We know that God is not a respecter of persons. We're in a precarious position. And these prayers could have a very strong impact on browbeating the demons, pushing them back and giving God a reason to show mercy in the midst of chastisement. There's a passage in one of the prophets. He said, O Lord, in in judgment, remember mercy. Hello, everyone. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few seconds. The best way to participate in Operation True Cross is to pray with us. The daily prayers to save America take just 12 minutes a day. To order your copy of the official prayer book, simply go to our website, catholiccity.com. That's catholicity.com. They're available for only $1 each with free shipping, so make sure to order extra copies for your family, friends, and fellow parishioners. To receive up to 10 free copies or to order by mail, you can write to us at The Mary Foundation, P.O. Box 26101, Fairview Park, Ohio. 44126. Now back to the show. How going forward after doing a very kind of intense retreat like desert experience pilgrimage walk, is that going to affect your personal prayer or sort of spirituality? Is there a big change or is it just a reinvigoration? For me, it's a reinvigoration. Uh, I was afforded hour after hour of being alone and praying. And you know, asking God, what do I do next? The prayer of uh, of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, God said, who shall go? Who shall go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. So I have been blessed, greatly blessed by this walk and the prayer time. And, and you know, asking God, show me what to do. Help me to not be distracted. Help me to not be uh, squandering the time that I have left. My mortality is 
more in front of me now than it's ever been just by mm -hmm. virtue of my age. And I have no desire to re retire. Uh, I want to, you know, please God, let me die with my boots on and keep standing for you in whatever way that you give me guidance and strength. So I think that, I think that a lot of us, um, I think we don't reach far enough. So, you know, whatever the Bible says that God uses the weak things to overthrow the mighty. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. He uses the things that are not the zeros to set at naught, old English, or to set aside the things that are. So there's, <clears throat> there's people listening to us right now who think, oh, what could I do? You'd be shocked what you could do if you set your heart to it and ask God to give you strength and and really listen to that still small voice you'd be you'd be surprised at some of the things that God might ask you to do and give you the strength and means to do if you'll simply do it yeah this reminds me um while we were actually on the Wisconsin like somebody we ran into some people and a guy had one of our books and so we're like hey you want some more and in a very reciprocal manner he's like here's a book and it was this a what's the a witness of a woman who was struck by lightning in Colombia and got in a personal illumination of conscience. Now, this is personal revelation, so take it as you will, but it's approved by the local bishop, and she's got permission to go and preach this. One of the things that was shown to her was one of these ways in which we, we kind of throw the question out at the sky, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then you're sitting back wherever you are in the church, and you're just like, I don't know, you got nothing. <laughs> and one of the things she shared is, is Christ was telling her, like, I had so many plans for you. Mm. and you squandered them and mm. she's like but i was nice to people and i gave to charity he's like yeah mm. you did that for yourself here's one thing you know you would watch the news and it was columbia in the 80s and 90s so it was pretty violent yeah with all the, the drug cartels and such and there was a family in where a woman was crying over the body of her husband who'd been killed in a, a little property dispute with the gang and he said i slowed this down so you'd notice because normally you know especially with the world and the news it's easy to just gloss over it sort of ignore it and see it not feel anything and he says to her i slowed this down on purpose so you could see but then you got distracted by the the next thing they cut to which was some diet program and he's but what i wanted you to do was see this woman have your heart cry out for her pray about it and then you would remember that the town she was in is where you used to be from and that you live across the street from your priest and he happens to be friends with the priest there. And you were, if you had prayed about this, you would have remembered this. You could have, you would have gone and mentioned it to your priest. Like, is there anything I can do to help this woman? I used to be from this town. And he's like, oh, I know the priest there. And, and Christ was saying they would have collaborated and got this woman out and into a safe home elsewhere. But what ended up happening is she ignored it. The woman went to the local priest who hadn't made this connection because she never mentioned it and ended up being forced into prostitution. Mm. And it's like that is mm. the level at which the hand of providence is at work. It's these just that's ma terrifying. Majestic watchmaker Rube Goldberg machine interactions of human free will. And so when when you ask yourself like what does the Lord want me to do? Sometimes it's just the littlest of things. Like this woman all she her action was pray, mention it to her priest. And 
huge effects come forth from that. And so if, if you're particularly, if, if you're not in a state in life where you can go and run and join the next biggest apostolate and spend 40 hours a week on something, remember that these little things yes. have huge effects. Yes. That the butterfly effect kind of thing where they just ripple outward throughout the world, these acts of love and care. So don't get discouraged if you look at your life and ask, what can I do? Because you can do a lot. If, if we're honest with ourselves, when we look back over our lives, the kindness of strangers, the single phrase from somebody who we just met or we've only met a few times or just a, a word, a deed, a wrong turn that turned mm -hmm. out to be providential. I remember we were on a pro-life trip and we needed some film editing done. And we're driving, my wife and I and our four kids were driving, got my staff near us and they're in another vehicle. And, and I saw this little sign in Palmyra, Pennsylvania and said, video editing, your video editor, something. Mm -hmm. So I went and knocked on the door Sunday. It's a Sunday. My wife was like, oh, I just don't know. Just come another day. And I'm like, I don't even know where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come another day. I'll probably never be back here. So I knock on the door and this big burly old Italian guy comes, oh, I can help you. I said, yeah, I'm Randall Terry. I'm a pro-life leader. And he's looking at me real suspicious. And all of a sudden from the other room, I hear, did, this, did he say he's Randall Terry? And it was his wife who had one of my books mm -hmm. and was a hardcore pro-lifer. He was a pro-lifer. And they ended up becoming lifelong friends, some of our closest friends. Mm -hmm. But it's just because I stopped and I saw the sign and... Even though my wife, you know, maybe we were hungry. I don't even remember. We're just like, no, I don't do it now. I'm doing it now. It's here. It's in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. So there's things sometimes that are in front of us. And he became a key part of our ministry. Mm -hmm. Helped us move twice. Was my, uh, when I ran for office, he was my treasurer. Just a sweet couple. And we stay in touch to this day. And whenever I'm up in the, their area in Pennsylvania, I always go in. They came to see us in Memphis. And these are close friends. So... There are things that are in front of you and the pressure of time or the annoyance or the awkwardness or any number of things will keep us from doing or saying something out of the ordinary. That if you would just do it, just have the courage, the guts, whatever, to do it, just do it, just say it, man, history can be changed. Mm -hmm. Like the woman at the well. Yeah. Why are you a Jew talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. In that one moment, and Jesus kept talking to her and she kept talking. Mm -hmm. She could have said, I'm getting out of here. But as it turns out, she engaged and it, and went on to help convert her whole village. We just never know. And, you know, as far as why we're losing, one of the great reasons that we're losing is fear. The fear of controversy, the fear of being condemned, the fear of conflict. And we run to comfort mm -hmm. rather than conflict. But we are not the church comfortable. We are the church militant. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to serve God in this world in whatever way he wants of us and what our station permits mm -hmm. and what our resources and our will will, um, will meet, mm -hmm. you know, and if we're not equal to the task, 
Sometimes God's just using us as a bridge, as a conduit, you know, mm-hmm. between point A and point C. We're point B for something else to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'll take a shift here. We've been talking a lot about Mary Foundation things and Operation True Cross, but you're Randall Terry. Now, it's not a name. I'm younger that rang in my ears. I was like, yeah, sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> but as you know, I mentioned some of the things in the bio already in the beginning. But Randall's the oper- founder of Operation Rescue, huge magnate in the pro-life movement. He's been arrested some ungodly number of times. The last number I saw was 40 plus. Um, he's adopted children, worked in foster homes. He ran for office a couple times. Serious political controversy, personal attacks kind of thing. Um, but he ended up converting to Roman Catholicism in 2006. What led to that? Was fasting for 40 days. A, a close friend of mine, Father John Mikleunis up in New York, he used to come and visit me in jail in the 80s. And we were friends and we would do stuff together. And, you know, when I first met him, I was fairly anti-Catholic. Mm-hmm. Not super, but, you know, you know, Catholics aren't saved. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe some of them are, you know. And, I, you know, the softening of my heart. <clears throat> As time went on and I read more, and learn more of Catholicism from Catholics rather than from anti-Catholic Protestant bigots. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that makes sense. And then my wife and I were in the Charismatic Episcopal Church, which is very devout, mm-hmm. very orthodox, seven sacraments. Uh, if you went to a mass in the Charismatic Episcopal Church, you might think it was a Catholic mass. I mean, it's that close. And I would say to my bishop, why aren't we Catholic again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was fasting in 2006 for 40 days and and just felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's time to become Catholic. But, you know, I, I question in my heart was, what would, you know, the Lord saying to me, I don't know if it was the Lord speaking to me directly, was like, what would you say if I told you that the reason for this fast was so that you could become Roman Catholic? Hmm. And I said, uh, what could I say? But Yes. So I called up Father John and I said, Father John, I, I, I think I'm supposed to become Catholic. <laughs> and he knew that I knew the faith. We had had mm-hmm. so many discussions and I'm a student of theology. I have a theology degree. And mm-hmm. um, he said, I'll receive you. I said, what? He said, yeah, come on up to Binghamton. I'll receive you. What do you want to come? Holy Thursday, whatever. I mean, so <laughs> my wife and I went up during Lent of 2006, became Roman Catholic. It was a very intense 18 year journey. So, and it's been hard. Uh, I have been, you know, I came in with the excitement of the faith and had a lot of acquaintances that were priests and bishops and Catholics. By that time, I was very integrated into the Catholic aspect of the pro-life movement. I'd been preaching against birth control for years. Mm -hmm. But then the difficulty, the heartache of the Episcopacy in America and you know, things are not looking good right now. So that was difficult, but where do I go? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If not here, then where? Right. Exactly. So I'm trying to swap with the Lord. I've had a, it's been wonderful to have a growing love of Mary and I'm working on an, um, an album right now of Marian songs. We put the mass to music. I started that project in over 20 years ago when I was mm-hmm. Episcopal and thought we need to have a seven sacrament 
processional to recessional song, like a just a, a beautiful, somewhat contemporary putting of the putting of the mass to music. And I finally finished it, literally in the last month. Wow! Yeah, it's got some of the best musicians in the world playing on it, and great vocal work from a bunch of people. And it's I'm really excited about it. And the Mary album will be next. Mm-hmm. So. You've been involved in a lot of things, and I imagine you're still involved. What are some of the bigger things you're working on right now and maybe some things coming down the pike? We just finished a time travel movie. Mm. So I've been doing radio and television for decades and love communications. Uh, I have have another undergraduate degree from the State University of New York in communications, and I've had a lot of experience in television and radio. And... One of our boys was sick with cancer and we moved to Memphis so that he could go to St. Jude. And a year into his treatment, my boys said, dad, we need to make a time travel movie. (laughs) Our son, Justin, it's his idea. So we began working on the story and uh, I wrote the screenplay, got a, and we became very integrated into the homeschool community. And in 2017, we shot for the whole summer a time travel movie uh, mm. from 1908 to 2016 and back and forth. It was a lot of work, a lot of fun, and then ended up having a Hollywood editor edit it and phenomenal musicians, world famous musicians playing mm. in the soundtrack because COVID came and no one could work. Mm-hmm. And oh. I and I struck up some friendships with some. Yeah, these guys were sitting home doing nothing, and we got them involved. So it came out really, really well. A a major distribution company is going to put it out on Hulu and Tubi and about 20 different platforms. Mm -hmm. But we have, if people want to see it, they can go to timeboysthemovie.com. The name of the movie is Time Boys. So timeboysthemovie.com. They can watch it right now. It's done. And they can... Listen to the soundtrack. It's there as well. It's done. And we would love it if people watched it. It is a super family-friendly Catholic overtones movie. Mm -hmm. Great priest in 2016. Great priest in 1908. And the family is a Catholic family that's involved accidentally in time travel. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We've had great reviews. We've won over 60 awards in film festivals. Over 60 awards. That's impressive. It was a lot of work. (laughs) So we shot the sequel this past summer, Mm. Time Boys 2. And that one is, uh, Time Boys 1 is people from 1908 coming to the future. This one is people in 2022 going back to the past. Mm. Mm -hmm. So both of them are a lot of fun. And Time Boys 2, we had really uh, a much bigger crew. Uh, some seasoned actors and Mm -hmm. it was I just want to make movies I want to make movies, stories um, for young people and I want, more importantly, I want young people to have a chance to be involved in storytelling and story Mm -hmm. making storytelling is so critical in any culture and right now Marvel, DC, some of these various companies, Disney, they are polluting the minds of young people Mm -hmm. introducing homosexual lesbian bisexual transvestite superheroes to Mm -hmm. corrupt 
and pervert the thinking and the behavior of young people. And I think it's abominable. It's demonic. And so I want to give young people the chance to be creative inside of that sphere, really to, to be warriors for truth, mm-hmm. beauty, love, courage, valor, honor, purity, all the things that separate Christianity from the pagan religions of the past and the pagan be, be, uh, behaviors of the present. So is that, that kind of your plan then going forward for the future, at least at this juncture, is movies? I'm a warrior. That's how I'm wired. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think or- it was Rocky who said to <laughs> Apollo Creed, we're warriors. Without a war, we're no damn good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm I'm wired in terms of making war on evil. That's one of the reasons I love your dad. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Operation True Cross is about, m- making war in prayer against evil and demonic powers. So I am in the process of making a, a a war machine, if you will, a battleship. I don't know what illustration to use, but a battleship for righteousness in the communications realm. So I do a daily or a, a twice a week television show. It used to be daily. Now I'm two times a week on an evangelical Christian network. They're very gracious to me. They, they know I'm Roman Catholic, but I, I speak the, the language of the evangelical world and know my Bible. So uh, I do television. We've got a, some good gear and talented sons my four teenage boys were the time boys in the movie. So I would encourage people to go to timeboysthemovie.com and watch it and then contact me. If you want me to help you in your community, I feel like that's what the Lord wants from me in the next steps to be, to bring that warrior spirit and the arts together. Dragons are bad. So we call ours Dragon Slayer Studios. <laughs> You know, in my in most uh, the one of the great perversions of storytelling right now in the archetype is that dragons are good. How to tame your dragon? We see all these different cartoons and stuff coming out. To, to, you know, uh, live action series where the dragons are good. Like, what? What are, are you out of your mind? That great serpent, the dragon, the devil. I mean, the scriptures could not be clearer. So it's a it's a part of the perversion of storytelling that dragons are now good. It's one of the most insidious deceptions of modern storytelling. Yeah, and it sounds mundane on the surface. It's like, ah, it's a kid's whatever. It's not mundane. But if you think about it, the symbol is important, very important. The St. Michael, the the St. George, the Dragon Slayer, all the iconography that, or not all, but I mean so much iconography that has been with us for centuries is swept aside so that I can have a little kid riding a dragon. I mean, no. Young people need to be shored up in their faith and they need to be able to give expression to their faith and to goodness and to beauty, to justice. So we've got a bunch of different projects that are in the creative state right now. We've got Time Boys 1 that's about to be released and can be seen right now at timeboysthemovie.com, free commercial. And Time Boys 2 will be coming out. We will do a Time Boys 3 so that there's a trilogy. But Time Boys 1 has some great messages, great Mm -hmm. messages in it for young people anti-bullying. I mean, it's just a fun, fun movie. And I wrote it, the, the trick, if I could go on this fun rabbit trail, most of your listeners have seen uh, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was one of the greatest movies ever made to bridge parents and children. Finding Nemo is, in a, is, a, is a movie for parents. I have wept every time I've watched Finding Nemo mm. because it's 
there's so many subtexts going on. There's so much storytelling going on for parents because, you know, my wife and I, I, I say to people, look, we were condemned to watch movies with our children. <laughs> yeah. It's a sentence. <laughs> and we know we want to make sure they're watching good movies. Toy Story 1, Shrek 1, Finding Nemo. These are brilliantly written movies that entertain adults and children at the same time. Um, Mufasa, 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 The Lion King. Mm -hmm. And we, I wrote Time Boys 1 to be a blessing to parents and grandparents. And mm -hmm. as we've tested the movie with different crowds, we've gotten great response from kids, but we've even gotten higher responses from parents mm -hmm. and grandparents who came to us and said, I cried at this one scene. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, great success that was my plan i've got to make a movie that's not so childlike that a parent is like rolling their eyes and i've got to write a movie that parents will enjoy and the kids will be like this is cool mom mm -hmm. that's awesome so i guess uh, we're kind of running on time here okay where can people find you and your stuff and future projects or get in contact with you randallterry.com R-A-N-D-A-L-L-T-E-R-R-Y, randallterry.com. Our website is under reconstruction right now, so you'll see some stuff there. Uh, got a lot of books. I, I think our movie Pandemic is there for free right now. I would mm -hmm. urge people to watch the documentary called Pandemic, The Threshing of America. It's very much in line with Operation True Cross, mm -hmm. Pandemic, The Threshing of America. And timeboysthemovie.com is its own website, and I would be honored if people would take the time it's just a you know it's a few bucks to watch it, but it's really the type of thing you want to watch on the big screen with a good sound system because it's mm -hmm. got a spectacular soundtrack with really highly crafted songs, great singers and and musicians. And uh, contact us if you want. If I can be of help to you in any way, please get in touch with us. All right, this has been Randall Terry, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Randall. Good to be and with you, Xavier. All righty, bye, everyone. We hope you were inspired by this podcast, and we encourage you to share it on social media and warmly invite you to distribute our free Catholic scapulars, medals, books, and booklets to your family, friends, parish, and social groups. Visit us online at catholiccity.com for more information. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, please pray for everyone who hears, reads, or wears our materials. Second, share them with everyone you know, family, friends, fellow parishioners, and the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally. Please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising here at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our materials costs. So please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to working with you. May God bless you always. And now, here's a short preview of our Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet, the most popular rosary recording in the history of the world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without permission is prohibited.